this series is intended for mature audiences. We insist you heed the following content warnings before viewing. Horror things, language, adult things, and strong violence and gore, including gun violence. Welcome to the Weird West. Let us tell y'all a story. The sound of the horse hooves still kind of sets you on edge as they clop and they thud against the ground below. The trailer clangs and clatters behind you. And the town is getting smaller and smaller behind you as you're leaving it behind. They gave you Mayfield's horses, figuring he wasn't going to use them anymore. And each of you ride out in the direction of your destination. View's left ear or the spot where it should be is still bandaged. You have about a week's worth of supplies to keep changing those bandages and keeping the wound clean. It shouldn't take you that long to get where you're going as long as there are no major occurrences or or you don't take too many stops. His arm is put in a cast at the wrist, but it's no longer up in a sling at this point, and... He has very minimal mobility in his fingers. Um, He rides the draft horse named Old Boy, a large Clydesdale, beautiful brown with a white stripe and white legs. Um, Old Boy pulls the horse trailer behind him, strong enough to carry the weight of the trailer, View and Adam inside of the trailer, who is unable to walk. Paul has most of his things packed up in one bag, dangling by the saddlebags on the right side of the saddle. A cigarette between his teeth, he squints at the sun and then glances back to the town that you're leaving behind. In a way, he doesn't blame them. None of you really blame them after after hearing what the sheriff said and after seeing everyone's reactions to magic in general. The horse huffs and Paul pats the side of its neck. Autumn is a chestnut brown quarter horse that's one solid color and looks to be probably the youngest of all of the horses. Um, Might even be the the fastest, but you haven't really tried that one out yet. Uh, Finley has a little more luggage than the other two, only because of their paper and their writing supplies, those things can get kind of heavy. They look about the same as they did when they came into town those six or so months ago. Uh, Winchester was Mayfield's main riding horse, and you've all heard him call him Chester in the past, but uh, he responds to both names, and the light brown tan color splotched with white and the same brown tan spots inside of the white. Chester is definitely the horse with the most riding experience, which is probably 
a good match for for Finley as well. Um, the three of you are out on the open road. The town is eventually disappearing behind you. Um, what what is going through Bu's mind right now? Well, considering that we're just now getting this adventure going, I look back at Adam as he's laying with his leg in tatters. I look over at Finley and Paul. I just, I just wanted to say thank you for the two of you uh, coming along. Paul, I understand, because he's kind of being outcasted by the rest of the town. But Finley, you didn't have any reason to come with us. Well, I suppose I've taken a liking to the two of you, and uh, I couldn't just sit back and not know what was going to happen out here to the two of you. So I wanted to see see it through and make sure that you both were able to. I owe you a great big one for this. So thank you very much. Thank you. you don't owe me nothing. Trust. Well, I'll still try to do something, but I don't know what that something is, considering I'm kind of, I'm kind of messed up. But uh, so tell you what, uh, when we get into the next town, you can buy me a drink, and that Deal. About covers it. Deal. <laughs> um, since we're, since I'm kind of riding, how does the cart make sense? Is it like a covered one, or is it just kind of like open in the back? Um, it is. It is covered. It's not like a covered wagon or anything like that. It's It's got the base for the horse um, to be inside of, and then it has almost like a covered wagon, but it's just iron. Um, okay. And the top of it has a little, like, uh, sort of like tin roof sort of thing. So you can see into it from the sides, but it's still mm-hmm. protected from any rain or um, gotcha. anything like that. So it's just so a roof like a- and then like a half half wall sort of situation. Okay. Well, I'm just going to keep a general eye out just so that way uh can keep my eyes forward but also paying close attention to what's behind me. Okay. I'm going to use uh old boy's uh technique to continue to stay on the road as I look around to make sure that nothing's going on. Okay. Um what uh what is going through Finley's mind as this venture begins. Uh, probably something around the the lines of just disbelief. They've never really been run out of town before, nor did they really have to run out of town. They're kind of kind of questioning why it is that they're they they're kind of going along with this. But also, part of them is like I do I do feel kind of you know a sort of uh. uh uh, both an obligation and, and, and a sort of just like heartfelt need to to stick stick through this and see it through. Um, so I think there's just a lot of disbelief, um, but uh, definitely uh, just sort of just like just kind of trudging through it and just being like, it is what it is. And it's just the next part of my journey, I suppose. So. All right. Um, and I will ask the both of you, is there anything like you have your belongings packed. Is there anything you're keeping close to your person besides your weapons? 
uh, my whistle as that has saved my life. Um, I think for me, I got uh, a couple letters that are, are okay. being there, like right, right next to my my, my chest. All right, uh, my heart. So. What is Paul thinking as the three of you plus Adam are leaving this town? It's disappearing behind you. Uh, well, Paul would probably be thinking about getting back focused to what brought him to Hangman's Grove anyway, uh, but also worrying about his his new friends that he's made along the way, making sure everybody's okay. All right. Um, while you ride off in momentarily no conversation, uh, the only sounds are the horse's hooves and the horse trailer rattling behind you. Uh, Every so often, just the certain sound of one of the hooves just kind of hits you the wrong way and you just, you, you just think of that horseman's gallop behind you or the horseman skidding to a halt inside of the church. Then you look around. Good emphasis on uh, checking behind me pretty frequently on the cart. Sure. Uh, go ahead and make a notice roll. Uh, All of us? No, uh, just for you. Starting off strong, that's a five. Okay. Um, you're checking behind you probably a little too often at this point. You're kind of just glancing around. Um... How are we traveling? Are we sort of single file? Are we all just kind of spread out? Um, how are we wanting to go about this? It might make more sense for one of us to be in front of the wagon, the other to be in behind, um, just so we're keeping a, an eye out, sort of single file. That's fair. That's my suggestion, if you guys have any. How wide is the road? Um, it's... From from out of Hangman's Grove, it's less of a road and more of a dirt path. So you can kind of make your own width if you really want to. Um, because it's more of just a trail more than anything, so... I don't think necessarily that it matters too much right now, just because I don't think anything's going to be sneaking up on us anytime soon. Whichever way I think is uh, easiest for the horses, because this is going to be a long trek, and I don't want them to be uh, overexerting themselves. All right. We can travel somewhat side by side, I suppose. I agree Um, to that. All right, so continuing forward, um, you've been traveling for the majority of the day by now, um, stopping very briefly and only occasionally to stretch your legs and to uh, make sure the horses have enough water or food. Um, Sundown is probably a couple of hours out by the time you finish Probably your last um, 
water break for the horses until you stop for the night. So you're hopping back onto your horses and setting back off. You have a couple hours until sundown and the floor is yours. Well, since we have our stay here, um, we should set up a watch system just to be sure that people are uh, okay in the middle of the night. Yeah, I, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Do we even want to set up a, a fire in any way tonight or? Does it get exceptionally cold out? Um, not, not particularly. Um, and, uh, Finley, you would know that the weather is probably the last thing you need to worry about. Right. Out in the wilds. Uh, I I think we'd be just fine without a fire tonight. Um, I I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, maybe we set up, uh, Maybe set up a little perimeter. I don't know. Um, maybe have people patrolling instead of just sitting around and waiting for something. I don't know. Um, well, they could probably stand on the top of the cot and get a better view if they're up on top of that. Yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty clear. You have a few trees here and there. You're not in the woods by any means. Right. Um, Skies look pretty clear right now. You see the stars pretty easily. Um, and uh, is the moon full? Uh, half moon? Um, more, closer to half, probably okay. quarter. Right. Getting there. I believe also it might be wise if we set up a system if we do see something and we don't want to alert what it is that is seen before it sees us. If that makes any sense, um, maybe alerting the rest. Depending on the level of, of danger. Level of danger. Do we still have the whistle? We do still have the whistle. I still got my whistle. Yeah. I'm sure the horses will alert us too while we're out here, so. I don't mind taking first watch if that's what you need be. Mm-hmm. I'll take second. All right, I'll take the last watch then. <laughs> All right, Adam will take the foot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to very carefully climb up to the top of the cot just to get a general eye glance out. And then over the course of the night, I guess I'll hop down and just do some quick uh, investigating, make sure there's nothing nothing out near us. I'm going to have you go ahead and make a... uh, I'm going to have you make an agility roll for that climb. And you're going to be at a negative four. Ooh. Ooh. I will do my best, and if not, then I will uh, I will just sit around and walk. Uh, that would be a, with the minus four, that would be a two. Okay. Um, you can manage to get up there if you're determined, but your first few attempts at climbing up on top of this thing, um, your hand doesn't have a grip. You're climbing with, with one hand trying to get up there. You kind of hook your arm at one point and it just kind of slips off. You kind of bang your arm on one of the bars and it hurts a little bit and you pull it back. Um, 
but after that you you can find a way to climb up on top of the cart uh, to get a better view yeah. if you'd like. Yeah, I've already put in the effort. I'll just I'll just get up there and then after that I won't be doing that again. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hurt myself again. Uh, but yeah, so since since we are in a little bit of a clearing and then getting better view up here, no pun intended, be best. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make a notice roll. Did you... Was that with your penalty? Uh, Well, that's for a hearing. Right, that's what I was... It. No, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say don't count your penalty. If oh, you, no, that, you I okay. rolled a two. Okay. Um, so you're s- sitting up on top of the cart. Um, uh, Paul and Finley are settling in to get some sleep. What, uh, how are the sleeping situations happening? Are you just kind of curling up on the ground? Um... You would have, you would have supplies if you want to use them, but I—that's entirely your decision. Uh, I have a, I have a winter bedroll if someone would need it. Uh, I, I, uh, a bedroll I do have, uh, so I'll be just pulling that out. Okay. Um, yeah, like no tent or anything like that. Just, just yeah. quick, quick bedroll. Sleeping under the stars. Cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, they fall asleep. You're watching from on top of this cart for a little while. It would be pretty easy to see if something or someone was approaching you and you definitely don't, there's there's no immediate danger, nothing coming towards you, but uh, as it does get darker, um, you can see just the flashes of various lights in the distance not in any specific place just almost like lightning lightning strikes but coming from the ground um just in numerous places way out on the horizon um something you've definitely never been able to see from any town or village before uh but nothing nothing that seems immediately dangerous all right, they, they are, I'm not hearing like gunshots or anything, mm-hmm. or any boom in the thunder. Mm-hmm. How far away from us are they? Uh, you can't really tell. Um, it seems just on the, the furthest horizon that you can see. It's hard to gauge. Well, I guess that's all right. Uh, I'm gonna keep giving full attention to places. Uh, I'm not gonna designate just specific attention to that. I wanna keep a general eye out just in case that might be a diversion. Okay. Um, continue to look around. A little bit later, um, you hop down and you, you said you were kind of just gonna walk around a little. Yeah, make sure that nothing's really changed with our perimeter. Okay, go ahead and make another notice roll. Scotch, please be gentle. Hey, that's an exploded die. That is a nine. A nine. All right, so you don't, um, 
So even with uh, your penalty for hearing, you you would still do. I suppose that's a five for here. I guess I'll I'll specify between the two from okay. now on, just because they do matter in some yeah. certain situations, mm-hmm. and I um, won't know which is which. So, yeah. So you you definitely feel it before you hear it. Um, there's just the slightest vibration, just the slightest little rumble of the ground, like something like a stampede was coming or something. But it it was just brief quick and then gone but the moment the rumble was kind of creeping in you could hear it it was just this this just deep rumble and then just as quickly as it started it stopped like a like a machine rumble or like a like the, did the ground ever sway at all if the ground didn't sway you swear you felt like a vibration like a stampede was like right up on you but it just you there's nothing there there's an army of headless horsemen coming at us <laughs> um okay i'm gonna hurriedly go back is that in the same similar direction as to where those flashes were uh the flashes were kind of happening all around you so yeah i'm gonna i don't want to draw attention, so I'm not going to blow my whistle, but I'm going to definitely go back and just sort of nudge both Paul and Finley away. I want to make sure that they're up. Okay. Hey, there's uh, there's something going on around here. There's, I saw flashes in the distance on the ground, and I'm going to point over where I was standing. Uh, I felt the ground vibrate a little bit beneath me. Like, like some animals were charging at me. Not that, the, not that they were coming at me this time. I didn't see anything. I definitely didn't hear any horse neighing. But like, like an earthquake? God, it's more like a stampede, like angry animals. Hmm. Uh, would would Finley know anything about uh, stampeding, vibration, feeling, lightning strikes out here? I'll say Finley can make a common knowledge roll. Right. Four. Okay. Um, you have heard of. I mean, everyone's heard of stampedes. You've never been in one. You've never been caught in anything like that. Um, but you have heard of different rumblings. Um, occurring more, more towards like the lost city of angels. Um, with all of the ghost rock underneath the ground, it causes a lot of things to shift and move. Um, but other than that, that's, that's all that's really coming to mind. Uh, I mean, it it, it could easily be earthquake, something to do with ghost rock or something. I'm not really sure, but something tells me it might not be too much of an issue. Hearing it, I don't know. Just felt a little weird, and I didn't know if it was uh, something to be warranted concern. I mean, at this point, it's about time for uh, second watch, anyways. But I was just right. wanted to bring it to everyone's attention. Sorry, mm-hmm. fi- sorry, Paul, for waking you up about it. But figured you still want to know, even if you were to wake up <laughs> a couple hours later. But, oh yeah, 
I do like to know things. Yeah. Would, uh, <laughs> would, would Paul know if it's like anything supernatural Ooh, or um, like that? Make a smarts roll. Okay. Made a four. Okay. Um, you know plenty of magics that can make things move around you. You know plenty of magic that can make someone think things moved. Um, this isn't the first time that you has experienced something that neither of you have actually seen happen. Uh, Maybe V is just cursed. <laughs> Other than that, sort of the same. You've heard of the Lost City of Angels, places in that area because of all the ghost rock and the mining. Um, the ground does rumble quite a bit there, but... You've never heard of it this far east from there before. Hmm. Settling well, back. Either way, I mean, it's good to know. Um, that way, for us on our next watch. So you're not. Yeah. Um, it's good to know. Yes. Uh, when I'm going to sleep, I'm definitely going to get in my, my winterized sleeping bag, and I'm going to snuggle up uh, inside the cart with Adam. Okay. Um, yeah, so whenever Finley gets up to do um, that second watch, uh, all of you see you open up the, the horse cart and just step in. Uh, you step in, and there's there's plenty of hay and, like, just old blankets thrown in this cart too and you see Adam just laying down with his uh, leg properly bandaged I mean the doctor definitely did what he could there um, it's been stitched, bandaged um, and Adam just lays there you walk in, you roll out your uh, sleeping you, you roll out your mat and you lay down and um, you just kind of hear him like huffing and, and breathing and he looks over and like acknowledges that you're there and just kind of like gives a little head no. shake and lays back down. That's okay, my boy. You sleep. You sleep. Uh, Finley, let's have you make a notice roll. Absolutely. Uh, Five. All right, um... It, it comes close to the end of your period of watch before uh, you're, you're, you're actually walking towards Paul to wake him up when you, you feel a rumble at your feet. And it was just so quick, almost like, almost like something just like knocked the bottom of your shoe. It was just very, very quick. You probably wouldn't have noticed it if V wouldn't have kind of had you on high alert for this. Um, no sound really followed, but it just kind of catches your attention. Strange. 
Um, I don't notice anything else around me that would give any indication of anything else that's happening. Mm-mm. There's not, have I, have I seen any of the, the sort of like, uh, the strikes of lightning in the, um, Uh, you, you horizon? have, you have seen those occasionally, but that's not weird out right. here. Yeah, it's, right. it's pretty, a pretty normal occurrence. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely things you've seen every night out on the road, so. Okay. And this is this is towards the end when I'm like basically waking Paul up to yeah. do his own. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just gonna kind of just like stand there for a second. Uh, weird. Uh, and then continue forward and, and kind of uh, jostle Paul uh, wait to be like, uh, just so you know, I did feel it again, the, the rumbling um, very quick and nothing to be really concerned about, but uh, I would just keep an eye on it. Um, I don't know, maybe you with your magic stuff, uh, you might be able to understand it better. So. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I know, know magic. I don't know Earth. Well, yeah, but you're right. All right. I, you know, I tried. Because <laughs> he's just going to walk away. <laughs> well, I'm a magic man. I ain't no Earth man. What do you I'll mean? Uh, earth. Keep an eye out. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to have... Um, I'm going to have Paul make a spirit roll for me. Ooh. Ooh. Okie dokie. Three. Okay. Um, you are just kind of walking around on your watch, looking out. You see, you see the familiar, almost green lightning strikes coming up from the earth in the horizon. You've, you've seen this out on the road since you've been out on the road. It's nothing new. Um, and you're, you're kind of waiting to feel some of these tremors, some of these vibrations, whatever, whatever these, the other two were referring to. And there is a brief, very brief moment where you feel your entire heart, chest, and lungs freeze almost like this fear or this shock that just takes over you like this this panic this just moment of fight or flight kicking in and then just like that it's gone but while your eyes were closed in that just brief moment um i'll have you make a notice roll to see what you five because i exploded Okay, so your eyes close for just a moment in this sharp pain in your chest, this cold fear. Um, And when you close your eyes, you see just a tall, thin man, hat covering his eyes, chin kind of stretched out with this just sly smile. Pulls out from his pocket a deck of cards kind of flicks them so that they're all laid out. And then he looks somehow directly into your soul and then your eyes open and the pain is gone. And you're standing there 
Um, Finley and View, you have woken up. It's morning. And as you glance over, you just see Paul standing there, face pale, um, blinking, having just come out of some sort of daze. Paul, Paul, is everything all right? Yeah, he's a bit of a loner. He tends to do this, I bet. Hey, hey, yeah, all right, but it's good to ask. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. Just, uh, <clears throat> tired is all. That's well, fair. understood. If you need, we can take another about like an hour or so so we can get a good power nap in. Yeah. No, I think we should, we should keep moving. All right. Maybe you just need a good breakfast. Maybe so. Of these trail rations. <laughs> yeah, on that note, you, um, you make up something for breakfast. You um, get the horses saddled back up and ready to ride. You hop on. Um, heading out now, are we still side by side? Or are we kind of changing up now that we're getting further and further away from an actual settlement? Um, do we want to change that up, or are we still doing a side-by-side sort of thing? I think now might matter. So, I'll leave that up to you, too, because I'm going to be on the cop for the most part. Mm-hmm. Side-by-side works for me. All right. Or whatever we want to do. Um, I actually might ride ahead a bit. Uh, not too far, but just a little bit ahead, and then I'll make my way back to y'all. All right, so we have uh, we have Finley a little bit ahead on Winchester, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Paul and View kind of side by side with Autumn and Old Boy and the trailer. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, continuing forward, uh, you travel for a, a good amount of the day, and the the longer that you travel, the more. Um, visible, the storm clouds in the distance are becoming uh, nothing to threaten your immediate travel. Um, it might be something you might have to worry about uh, maybe really late tonight or really early tomorrow. Um, so you try to make enough, make up enough ground as you can before that storm rolls in. Um, go ahead. I sent you guys some horse stats. Yes. Uh, if you have them pulled up, great. If not, I have them here, so I can just give you, them to you as well. Um, I need a notice roll from all of you and from your horses. Oh, okay. Uh, what is horse stat? Um, a horse notice horse. is, yeah, a D6. D6. Oh, the horse has better notice than me. Say, oh, you yeah, the do you want me to roll for Adam as well, or no. just just old no, boy? Just old boy. Well, my do they get the wild stat? They do not. No. Okay, so just a straight D six for them. Correct. Well, I rolled a three for myself, but my okay. horse critically failed. Okay. I rolled a five for myself for. Uh, for normal sight, but a one for hearing. Okay. And old boy got a four, unless he's also hearing impaled for being old. <laughs> okay, noted. 
I keep forgetting about the exploding dice thing. So I rolled a six for me. Okay. My horse rolled a two. Wonderful. All right. So um, you are continuing forward, and Finley is up in front. Um, you can hear, you know, the hooves thumping against the ground. Um, and after a couple more hours, those storm clouds seem to be coming in a little quicker than you were expecting. You don't hear any rain. There's no storm. Not that you can see out in the distance. You know, you can see, like, the rain coming down before, um, you, you don't see any rain. You just see these heavy storm clouds rolling in. Uh, and as you start descending down into a bit of a valley, um, you are heading into some, some thick fog. Um, going in, you can see probably three to five feet in front of you. This fog is thick. You're not sure how long this valley lasts, but in your experience, they don't usually last long. It's, it's usually a dip and then it just goes right back up. So, uh, pushing through, um, as the cart, sorry? Uh, I was gonna say out loud, I think it might be best if we hurry along through this so that we can see again. Maybe we should pick up pace a little bit. Yeah, and as the cart goes into, uh, the fog as well, you actually hear Adam kind of, like, whinny a little bit and kind of move, like, like, trying to look up and see as, as the fog is... I mean, you would know from being inside the cart. In the cart, you can see out of, uh, the sides. Um, but now Adam's view is just completely obscured from, from yeah. the fog itself. And as you're moving through, Shh, it's um, it's all right. you start to hear this rumble, like thunder. But then you feel the ground just barely start to vibrate beneath you. And as this happens, all three of the horses, you see them, uh, you feel them kind of like lurch almost, trying to, trying to find a steady place to put their, their feet down. Um, Finley is, was far ahead. But I would say during the fog, probably kind of stayed back a little bit to be in sight. So Finley is still ahead of you. You can see basically the the back of the horse, and occasionally Finley's back as the horse is swaying. Um, and as you guys are going forward, Finley, the horses aren't freaking out at the moment. It, 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 Chester is walking, but it's it's a very tense walk at this point and you're just trying to get this horse through this fog get out of the fog so you can see and as you're pushing forward there's a moment where um you see just one spot on the ground jump upward quickly with with no warning whatsoever spooks your horse the horse actually rears up slightly go ahead and make um i'm gonna have you make a strength roll Oh, okay. Or a writing. If you have a writing skill, you can use that. 
Oh, I do actually. Right, I will let you use that instead. Um, oh and now is a great time to remind you, you have three bennies apiece. I am actually going to use it uh, right. for this one. Uh, which means I just get to re-roll it again, basically. Yes. Yeah, you just okay. re-roll. Okay, good. Five. Okay. Um, so the horse rears back. You um, kind of like tighten your legs around the horse and pull yourself in slightly to almost like hug the horse as it rears up. It slams back down and then out of pure fear from that part of the earth slamming upward, it actually kicks off and starts taking off towards the right. Oh um, shit, okay. As it does so, it makes it takes three strides and then your stomach drops as the second stride. It takes one stride, two strides, and when his when its feet hit the ground on that second stride, the ground collapses beneath you, and you and this horse are beginning to fall. Oh fuck! Okay. At um, at this point, going into initiative. No. Oh. I am going to have you in this exact moment. What does Finley do? Uh, I think uh, six. Oh shit! Uh, and I think. I think what I'm going to try and do is uh, I'm going to try and jump off the horse um, right. and try to grabble towards, gra- scrabble towards uh, just any sort of a piece of this chasm opening so that way I don't fall through. All right. Before this is resolved, as the horse is falling down, you on its back, you have this moment of I have to jump off of this horse. You see the ground crumbling beneath you. You see parts of the earth slamming up in other places. You see ghost rock glowing under all of you. And as as this happens, we are going to flash back. We go back to a time where you sit with your story in front of you and it's finished. You're, you're working on your letter to attach with it. And the chair creaks as you shift, hesitating just above the paper, unsure about signing it. And you look out the window and you see the town stretching out before you. You see your horse tied to a post and the townspeople going about their day and their daily business Looking back down at the page, you sign without much more thought to it, Augustus Finch. A knock on your room door startles you, and you you almost knock your inkwell over and onto your letter, and there's a moment where you picture that that happened, and there's just this like, okay. You stand up and you regain your composure, and what did Finley do? In that moment, mm-hmm. uh, I believe regains composure, sits up, kind of tries to hide the letter a little bit um, under anything uh, that's nearby and goes, uh, uh, yes. Uh, you hear a voice on the other side of the door. I have kind of a weird question. Oh, you kind of, you kind All of right, I'll, uh, I'll hear it. Oh, did I? Yeah, uh, yeah, just, just for a uh, second. I'll just, 
Uh, all right. Uh, uh, what wh- what is it? Uh, okay. Um. Uh. It's a. It's a. It's kind of a desperate voice on the other side of this door, and um. Look. Um. So. Everyone who works here is kind of an asshole, and I was wondering. My door is jammed. Can you can you help me? I'll kind of relax a little, uh, and I'll uh, I'll kind of just chuckle, uh, and I'll walk towards the door. I'll open it up and. Uh, yeah, I'll open it up. <laughs> yeah, you you open the door and you see um, you see a woman with uh kind of long like dirty dirty blonde hair. It's messy. Like it hasn't been it hasn't been like taken care of in probably a couple days. Um, just super messy hair. She looks really frazzled and um, uh, she looks at you with kind of just these, these just wide eyes. Um. Almost like, oh, finally, okay, somebody, somebody is gonna help me. Um, glances at you, smiles, and, um, she says, I'm, I'm just down the hall. You're the first one to open the door. Uh, I'm, I'm desperate here. I'm desperate. Please help Hi. me. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, okay. yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll help. <laughs> uh, she leads you down, um, a few doors down to her room, and she says, thank you so much. And you look, and... The actual doorknob itself has been turned and is just stuck in a turned position. And she's like, "I, all of my things are in there, and I just no one will. Uh, any, 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 any help is much appreciated." Right. Uh, I well, I'm not really skilled with uh, locks and stuff, but I can try my best. So don't don't worry about it. Let me okay. let me try. Okay. Um, and if anything, I can kick the door open track from there so but there's that <laughs> yeah yeah um i will uh so it's like it's half turned yeah like the, stuck yes the doorknob itself is like just stuck half turned um i will just try and just just like as with all my strength i can and like both my hands actually i will try and turn it okay go ahead and make a strength roll yeah oh exploded five all right. Um, so you, yeah, you grab on to the knob and try to turn it a little bit more. You grab on with your other hand and you turn and there's this moment where you're like, damn, this is not gonna work. <laughs> and right when you're thinking that it just turns all the way and the actual whole doorknob that had been rusted just breaks. <sighs> like it is, it's no longer connected inside of the door itself. Uh, so it breaks off and the door does kind of like, nah, just just a little bit. And you're just holding the knob. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of turn to this woman and just go, uh, well, I suppose we can go to somebody and get this fixed, but uh, I fixed your current problem. You did fix my current problem. Thank you so much. It's so hard to find nice people this far south. Um, uh, everybody's so concerned about what they get out of things. And well, quite, quite frankly, I think most people I run into down here are assholes. Yeah. Uh, kind of feel the same way sometimes but you know no matter if they're an asshole or not uh try to spread as much kindness as possible well and she kind of holds out her hand to take the doorknob <laughs> uh takes the doorknob and um i will actually uh, yeah 
Um, no, it's okay. Go for it. Takes the doorknob. Takes the doorknob. I was gonna just like, I was gonna actually, instead of like giving her the doorknob, I will hold my hand out to like basically shake her hand. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she shakes your hand and um, <laughs> pushes the door open and takes the doorknob and just like tosses it into the room on the floor. And as your eyes kind of follow the doorknob, uh, it 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 slams down onto the floor. And as you glance up, you you're not like looking in the room necessarily but like your eyes fall in the room and you see um a somewhat familiar looking room like there are papers everywhere there is a typewriter actually sitting on uh the desk itself and um you see just a stack of papers on the desk inside uh two just super large suitcases on the floor like she almost threw the doorknob into one of the suitcases by accident (laughs) Um, on the floor, living out of them, clearly. Um, uh, and, uh, at this point, she says, You are a lifesaver. I thought I was gonna be stuck out here all afternoon. Um, and I know I was complaining about people being too concerned about what they get out of things, but do you want, like, a cup of tea or coffee or something? Uh, it would be nice. Uh, cool. And then she, like, looks into her um, I- room and realizes that it's super messy, and she's like, Just ignore everything you see. And... Right. Yeah, she steps in, um, and she goes, oh, (laughs) and turns back and just looks almost, like, mad at herself or embarrassed or something, and she's like, right, Victoria Glass, um, nice to meet you. Yeah, and she, like, reaches out to reshake your hand, realizing she (laughs) she didn't actually introduce herself before. Walking into the room, she just, like, uh, pushes a pile of just blankets, clothes, something off of the bed, like, for you to have, you know, somewhere to sit. You know these rooms. These are not, uh, they're not very big. There's not a lot of space. Um, so she just pushes stuff off the bed for you to sit, and she immediately goes over, and she has, like, one of those little portable, like, um, like, oil, not uh, not oil, um, just little burner sort of things. Like, just, Mm -hmm. she has, pulls out a little matchbook, lights it, and, um, starts getting some tea ready. Um, as you come in, the door, like, she shuts it out of habit, and it just shuts and then just opens again with no <laughs> doorknob or latch. Um, is there, uh, is there something that I can put in front of this so it can fully close? Oh, just throw one of the suitcases in front of it or something. Right. <laughs> um, you just, like, push the suitcase over. Uh, you see, coming into this room, all of the papers that are around the, uh, the desk, you see their a lot of them are like newspaper clippings or um, notes scribbled uh, from probably her own hand. Um, you see a, a decent amount. It's a, it's a very, very detailed thought board or whatever she has going on around her desk. Do you look at these papers yeah, at all? Or? Okay. Absolutely. I'm gonna kind of walk towards it, and as I'm walking forward, I'll go, uh, are you some type of investigator or writer or some sort? Alright, so as you're asking this question and looking these over, you see, yeah, newspaper clippings about murders and various um, bodies found, killings, hmm. uh, and um, she kind of glances over and um, she says, uh, something like that, and right when she says that, your eyes meet one of the newspaper clippings, um, and the, t- the uh, headline reads, The Horseshoe Killer. 
and you you see this headline and you see um, the written the article was written by Victoria Glass and um, she says uh, I'm um, I'm not really in town for uh, the hell of it I'm kind of following up on a few bodies uh, oh, naturally of course <laughs> yeah um, a horseshoe murderer, horseshoe killer, I don't know. I'm, I'm coining a few things, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, rumor is, um, he killed the late Mr. Devlin. You know who that is? And Finley would definitely know who that is. Right. Um, Mr. Devlin was the, uh, the owner of the, um, Black River Rail Line. Okay. So one, one of the more popular rail lines, um... And you, you, I mean, his passing was a huge deal. It was sudden, mm-hmm. definitely like questionable, just randomly gone and left everything to his wife. So like, it's kind of a high profile death at least. So the fact that um, she's sitting here trying to connect it to these murders is um, brave. Right. Uh, and, uh, and you think you're, I, I don't want this to come across as rude or anything, but do you think you're on to something? Ah, uh, well, I mean, I don't have any evidence yet, obviously, or um, it would be in print. Um, but uh, there, there are rumors. I've heard rumors that this horseshoe killer killed Mr. Dublin. A worse rumor is, and she is like stirring tea at this point and bringing you over and handing you a cup. Uh, a worse rumor is that Mrs. Devlin paid him to do it. So, uh, either way, definitely a bit of a story. Um, I don't subscribe to rumors, though. I right. I figure out the facts and I print them for the world to read as truths. Or I would, if the bastard would leave some clues. And she just kind of like looks over at her board again and you see her eyes just like moving from one article or note to the other. Uh, and then, go ahead. Rumors, I suppose, do lead to facts sometimes, so I suppose you're on the right track. Everything was. I don't blame you for thinking that there might be some truth to that. Say that one more time. What everything I, everything oh. was what? Uh, everything, uh, basically, what I was going to say is uh, that uh, everything being left to that woman seems uh, a little strange, so mm. wouldn't be surprised if that rumor was true. Mm. Um, she she's nodding, kind of like lost in thought for a moment, just looking at looking at all of her notes, and then kind of blinks back into like, oh right, I have company. Um, and she kind of looks you over for a minute, and uh, she sees a little bit of the ink on your hands, and she right. says, "You have ink stains on your hands, and your clothes haven't been changed since at least yesterday. The bags under your eyes tell me you were up all night writing, so." I mean, I know the look. I am the look. Uh, would you mind if I give you some advice? Um, something that I wish someone gave me before I started all this. Sure, I'm all up for advice. I'm done. Don't hesitate. Whatever you do, you have to go all in. It's a, it's a 
pretty good advice right there. Uh, to keep that close to my heart. And now we come back to the fog. For a moment, there's there's a moment that you are you've taken your you've lifted up your feet placed both of them on the saddle to prepare to jump from this horse and you close your eyes as you just hear your heart pounding and for a moment you think of the night that you feared was your last the letter that you read had been folded and unfolded so many times the ink wearing out in the creases, but you knew the letter by heart at that point. The perfume had worn off, but the lipstick print is still there. You're very careful with that part. And after writing what you believed could have been your final letter and sticking it into an envelope to be mailed, you fold up her letter and you begin to place it back into its envelope. But your shaking hands cause you to drop both of them onto the floor. Cursing at yourself, you rush to pick them up. You pick up the envelope upside down and something falls out. How did, how did you not notice there was something inside of the envelope before now? It's the tiniest little square piece of paper that must have been so thin it just stuck in the corner, knocked loose by hitting the ground. And It looks like it's the corner of a table napkin. One of those fancier cloth napkins you've seen in the cities. And on the corner is St. Louis Union Station Hotel. In beautiful font, embroidered with some sort of gold lettering. Written on the back of the corner Room 14. What did Finley do with that piece of scrap napkin? Um, took a good long look at it. Um, just kind of chuckled to himself for a second. And that letter, and then keep that letter right here. Just as a reminder. And then Finley writes their final letter, delivers it to the mailroom to be sent off. And when Bew and Paul began talking about going to St. Louis, while they would have liked to stick with them regardless, the mention of St. Louis did pique their interest at the chance that maybe, maybe that woman would still be at Union Station Hotel. And now... I will have you make your agility roll to jump off the back of this horse. Okay. <laughs> don't fail me now. Oh, they failed me. Um, <laughs> not terribly, but uh, I'm debating using a Benny or not right now, but I'm like, I only have two. Um, I'm gonna use a Benny. 
All right. No better. Damn. Three. All right. All right, so as you go to jump off of this horse, as it's falling down, kind of front first, you step up, feet on the saddle, and you leap blindly into the fog, unable to see exactly where you're leaping to. As you leap, you expect to have your feet hit first, and your feet fall. And there's a moment where you slam into uh, the side of basically like this this cliffside that have has just jutted up out of the ground. You slam into it and you begin falling downwards. Go ahead and make another agility roll for me. Oh, okay. 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 Um, six. Okay. Um, with this, you slam into this and fall, and you land hard. You land hard on something sharp. Something sharp impales through basically your side. Almost just like a a few layers of skin and it would have just grazed you. But it impales through your side. You are going to you are going to take one wound which means a negative one to future rolls. Okay, okay. Um, all right, and now back to Paul and View. You see Finley riding in front of you, and suddenly as the ground begins to shake, you see pieces of the earth slamming upward, pieces dropping down from below you. You see this weird glow coming from below, and before you even have any time to yell or shout or react, you see um, Finley and Chester just fall and disappear into the fog. Um, and, yeah, at this point, what are your immediate reactions? I'm going to take my 20 yards of rope and I'm going to hold on to one end. Well, I guess I'm just going to drop it at the floor. Uh, well, I can still use my little hand, just not a lot. I'm gonna hold on to the one end and I'm gonna throw the other bit to Paul. I'm gonna tie this here and hopefully then we can at least get Finley up. And I'm gonna start tying this end of the nylon rope. To? Uh, the carts. All right, so are you are you stepping off of old boy to uh, do this? Well, or are you kind of tying it to like the, the one of the, uh, I don't know cart terminology. Uh, one of those. Shh. I'll, I'll tie it to one of those. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a hitching post, right? Because no, those are, it's yeah, like it's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's one like, of those. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Yeah. So you kind I, of yeah, reach gonna... over and tie it onto one of those best that you can. Yeah. Um, so just, as just in case there's there's a bit of some hold, and then I'm gonna hold on to the other end just to give it a little bit more too. All right, so Paul, uh, this rope is thrown over to you. You catch it. What would you like to do? Well, we're, I, I guess we're doing this now. 
Uh, we're we're going after Finley. Are you stepping off of your horse? Yeah. All right. Um, you don't entirely know where Finley is. You saw Finley and Chester fall, and yeah. that's it. So you're stepping off your horse and kind of going in that direction to see if you can see them. Yeah. As I do that, can I? Uh... Never mind. All right. Um, how long was that rope? It is 20 yards. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so you're holding on to the end of that rope and you walk over. Um, as you're walking, you take a couple of steps and that chunk of ground lets out from below you. You're able to step back. Uh, this ground is not stable. And as you feel this, you kind of glance back behind you and you see one solid crack making its way towards the horse trailer and it's at this moment that um, a piece of the ground comes up really hard right beside you um go ahead and uh, make an agility roll for me Paul oh that's me Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, we're gonna roll. die just right here. What, what are we? we making that joke like all that time that that Philip made to try to get on here, and we're all just gonna die like a yeah. immediately? Yeah. And now we oh. are. <laughs> well, if I could get it to stay where it's rolling, haha, six. Okay. Um. So as this slams upward. Uh, there's a there's a moment where you see this sharp, just angry piece of earth slam up, come towards you, almost threatening to like slam through your torso. But as you see it coming, you put up your arm and almost like shoulder check. You spin around. You actually do fall onto your hands and knees for a moment, but this thing does not impale you. Um, as you're on your hands and knees, however, the ground is beginning to give way below you. Um, we'll resolve that in a moment. View. Uh, you have thrown Paul the rope. You see, you saw him walk over. You saw this piece of earth slam up and knock him down onto his hands and knees. He is still holding onto the rope. You now are able to see this crack making its way towards, uh, you and the horse trailer. I'm gonna... I'm gonna have the trailer start at a trot, not going fast, but I'm gonna get the tr- the car moving some, at least to the point where we're over the crack and we pass over it. Okay. Um, so it's not underneath us. All right, so uh, you're trying to, to steady old boy and uh, you see him moving around, freaking out. You kind of pull on the reins a little bit to get him to go around this hole that um, Finley has disappeared into. Um, you begin moving around. The crack then finishes coming through behind the trailer, just as that last wheel goes over it. Uh, the crack goes, and then View and Paul both feel this uh, platform of Earth shift and then tip immediately as a, high, uh, a um, bigger chunk of Earth is coming up on the other side, this whole chunk slides over. Um, uh, I will have, well, first, 
what would you like to do as this happens? What's uh, Winchester doing? Or Autumn? Is Autumn the other horse? Autumn's the other. Autumn is the other horse. Um, Paul had stepped off of this other horse. You currently can't see her in the fog. Well, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to... Paul, do you know what, what you would be doing? Just your initial uh, reaction Initial to, reaction to... Uh, to the earth just shifting earth. sideways. Like, it's... it's You were standing here, the earth went like this. You're going to be toppling that direction. What would you like to do? Ooh. Can I see anywhere that would be somewhat stable? You can make a notice roll at a negative five. Wow. I, with, this, oh, uh, with this fog, you can see like three to five feet in front of you. I will try it. All right. Uh, we'll I try think it. I, I know what I'm going to do as well. So okay, what would, what would you roll? Sure. And man, I'm going yeah. to regret Two. it. Okay. With a negative five. Okay, noted. What would you like to do? I'm gonna, before this gets too much worse, I'm gonna, while the cart's still relatively going slow, I'm gonna step off of it on the side that has the rope. Okay. And I'm gonna kick old boy to get him to go as fast as he can. Which direction? Straight in front of him. All right, so we are, we are tilting like this. So you're you're trying to get the cart to continue forward so in that direction, or are you trying to go like up? Yeah, the ground is yeah. tilting we're gonna have forward, and it's tilting like tilting us sideways. It's tilting you sideways, yes. Okay. I'm if you were have him going, like, I was confused. I'm gonna have him going like still straight, but just slightly to the left. Slightly like, up. Slightly, slightly up. Yeah. Okay. But still gunning it straight. All right, and I'm going to have ooh, Go ahead. I'm going to have you make a strength roll for old boy. Um okay. but uh we'll go ahead and do it's going to be athletics, but old boy is going to get a d10 for that. Okay. okay. So, athletics. Just All right. Come on, old boy. You're old for a reason. You made it this far. Yes. <laughs> that is a nine. Okay. Nice. All right. Um, so as you are, you're just. I made sure it wasn't a six. It's a nine. <laughs> you're I mean, just I, kicking I check. to try to get old boy to continue. You see the muscles in his shoulders and legs just straining as he's trying to pull this cart. Um, he's moving forward pretty strong. The cart itself skids off in this direction, and Old Boy is having a hard time pushing through from this cart. But um, with that, as the floor has tilted, there is a brief moment where you're pushing through, you're pushing through. You are standing beside Old Boy with the rope? Uh, yes, I want to hold on to the rope as we're sliding, so that way I can try to still follow it to possibly help Paul and Finley. I don't know where they are, but I want to at least try to help Finley. Go ahead and make an agility check for me. Okay. 
Paul, what did, what did you roll for? I rolled a notice roll. Am I supposed to be making an agility roll? Um, no, what did you roll for notice? I think it was a two. Uh, notice roll. It was, was a two, yeah, okay. It was a two, yeah. Yeah. Don't I'm forget, actually, people, we, we uh, got Benley, Benny's as well. Paul is actually going to tie the rope to himself. Okay. Because wherever that cart's going to go, Paul's going to go too. So, Understood. We'll figure out that when we when we get there. My D6 exploded, so I got an eight. Wonderful. Nice. All right, so you're um, steadying your feet. As the ground tilts, you feel yourself trying to slide forward, and so you're looking for different... Um, different rocks and different parts in the earth where you can, almost like a rock climber, like shove your feet into to keep you from uh, sliding down too far as this earth is tilted. The cart, however, is having a terrible, terrible time. It's skidded sideways and it's become, it's, it's come to a point where old boy can't make any further ground and the cart is almost starting to pull him down and um, there is a moment, uh, Paul cannot see View. Paul is a little distracted right now, but View, you look over and you see Paul tying, uh, the rope to himself. Um, the rope that you are also holding and that is also tied around the cart that is beginning to slide further down this platform. Right before you can say anything, you hear the loudest boom rumbling, this loud thunder coming from miles beneath the earth. You feel it just just bubbling up, vibrating up, and you see directly in between Paul and the cart view, you see a little crack beginning to form, and you see a, a large piece of earth just beginning to push itself up. We'll come back to you in a moment. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Finley, you are yes. laying on your back. You feel a sharp piece of, of rock or <sighs> something stabbed through your side. The wind knocked out of you for a moment. You finally open your you finally open your eyes and you see uh, just fog above you. You can't see anything else. What do you do? You I'm hear just the, gonna start. What do I hear? You hear the cracking and okay. rumbling of earth all the, all around you. I am just gonna scream at the top of my lungs. I'm just gonna yell out Yu's name and I'm gonna yell out Paul's name just as loud as I can. All and right, then just... I'm going to try pushing myself up. Ooh, best all right. I can. Um, go ahead. What? Um, tell me how you would like to go about that. Um, depending on like the skills that you have at your disposal. Hmm. I think I would like to just, with any, like, strength that I have left okay. in me, I think, is what sure. I'm going to do, to just try and push myself up. All right, make um, that strength roll. Okay. Because I have no idea if it's, like, if I have been, like, impaled from, like, behind or what, so. Five. Okay, um, you push yourself up and you do feel whatever this is stabbed into your side isn't coming with you as you're moving. And so okay. you manage to sit up and just, it's just a good few inches of just sharp rock uh, just slammed into your side. You manage to pull yourself off of. Um, as you do, 
uh, you're able to get a better, there's a wall at one side of you and nothing but fog on the other side. You're sitting on the tiniest little platform and you feel it shifting. Uh, what would you like to do? Um, I am going to, um, can I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um, I think what I want to, so it's shifting as I'm moving basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I am not going to move at all. If it's shifting while I'm moving, I'm just going to like feel it moving around me and just be like, I'm not going to, I don't trust this right now. So, all right. So you were just holding perfectly still and screaming, yes. view, screaming for yes. view. All right. Yeah. All right. Back to uh, view and Paul, you see the earth coming up from between Paul and the horse trailer. What do you do, View? So what's the rope doing? Um, currently, all the rope is connected to Paul and the trailer, and you're holding onto it. it the, the earth hasn't come up enough to affect the rope just yet. Okay. Yeah, it's just beginning to, so. So it, we're still at a slant, though. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thing that I can feasibly do here is... So I don't... I'm not exactly one for nature. Does a torch help in fog? I don't... I don't know how that's gonna work. Um... You're right, you're not one for nature. You wouldn't... you wouldn't know. Well, I don't have the hand to hold, to light it anyway, so I don't care. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull back up to the cart so that way I can try to, that way I can try to ride this out. Maybe if it turns more, we can go down slightly, but start to ride on the jutting land that's coming out. And when I go, then Paul goes, and I'm gonna hope that Paul's got Finley in their hands, because that's the only assumption I can go by. I can hear Finley screaming. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna go. You need to grab Paul, and I'm gonna. And I'm gonna go for the cart so that way I can try to take the reins. Okay, so you're hopping back on old boy. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'm so I'm gonna have him. I'm gonna take take the lead on this one. All right, so you are sprinting towards the cart, Paul. What are you doing? You have just tied the rope to yourself. You you heard View yell. You could look over. You see View disappear to get to the cart. You see the rope pulled pretty tight at this point. Um, Would I know any basic direction of where I hear Finley screaming from? Make a notice roll. No negative, because it's sound-based. Sound-based, and I can hear good. You can hear good. I hear good. Come on, don't fail me now. Wait, do we do... We have wild dice, don't we? Yes. Six. I have not been rolling Have you not been added? No. You crazy madman. I mean, it hasn't mattered, but you crazy Yeah, you've done pretty good. Other than the the one notice check earlier. Two? Five. Yeah, five. it was two. Yes. All right. Um, you can you can gauge the approximate location of Finley, um, but they are 
a little ways to the left and below you. And where did I see view head off? Like if you're facing right? if you're facing view, Finley is further left and down. Hmm. Um, and as this is happening, so view, you rush over, you hop onto old boy, climb back up, grab onto the reins. I assume you let go of the rope because it's tied to the cart. Yes, I okay. was only using it to guide myself in case I got too far for, right. the, for me to see the cart. All right, so you let go of the rope, you grab the reins, and you are trying to maneuver to actually go down this slope? Just slightly, so that way I can try to coast along where okay. that land is starting to uproot. All right, so you're turning... Um, there is a riding skill, isn't there? There is. Go there ahead is, and make... In fact, go ahead and roll that for me. I'm very glad that I uh, my my shooting skill was unfortunately actually too high from the last one, so we had to redact yes. a few bits. And uh, I recently rose my riding skill because <laughs> of it, so that is nice. perfect timing. There you go. I'm gonna use a Benny. <laughs> okay. Oh God. <laughs> That is significantly better. Hold on, I have to roll again. Okay. Nice. Hold on, I have to roll again. <sighs> yeah. Ooh. All right, that one was a one, but that's fine. That is 17. Boom. <sighs> All right, so you hop on. You, um, you, you just shut out the fact that you have two other human beings here. That's not your focus right now. You have done what you can for Paul and Finley at this point. Paul is connected to this cart. You believe Paul has Finley or Paul is going to get Finley. And you completely put their safety out of your mind for a moment. Right now, the focus is leveling out this cart. And you fully focus on this, grabbing the reins, barely shifting so that you're not you're not nosediving down this slope. You are just taking it at a slow turn. Um, slow enough to where once the wheels, once it starts gaining speed and hitting the back of the horse and actually making the horse scoot a little bit, you pull it back in the other direction. You're able to sit there and kind of almost like coast, drift almost with this cart. Um, You hear the wood of the cart splinter and creak as this is happening. You're not sure how long it can withstand this, but for now, this is going well. And I'm- This is the best I can do. I'm going to roll, make a roll real quick. All right, so as you are controlling this cart, you're moving down. Paul, you are being guided by the rope that you have tied to yourself. It is pulling you down this slope. You're basically like, digging your heels in just enough to just keep yourself at a slow pace sliding down. You hear Finley yelling, shouting. Um, and then just as the sound of their voice is, is close to you, you can look over and you see Finley standing on a platform probably about 30 feet from you. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, about yeah. 30, 30 feet away from you. Um, a little bit further down still than you are right now, but uh, this rope is pulled tight. You see Finley, what would you like to do? 
uh, we are going to pull out the Bowie knife. I'm going to cut the rope because it seems like the fastest way to do this. And I'm going full full speed towards Finley. And as soon as I'm within range, I'm going to teleport to them. Okay, so uh, you slice this rope, sprint forward. Um, as you're sprinting, each heavy slam of the foot moves the earth just a little bit. I'm gonna have you make an agility roll. Oh, perfect. That I didn't even need that. Eight. All right, so as you're sprinting, uh, you feel your last step. As you push down, the earth completely falls beneath you and you begin to fall. But at your momentum, you're falling and still sort of moving towards Finley. So the moment you feel you're in range, you're gonna cast teleport? Yes. All right, make a spell casting roll. Mm. Nine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you, um, Finley, you see Paul jump, uh, fall more, more than jump, sprinting and then fall and then disappear. And then right beside you, uh, Paul appears out of nowhere. Um, and as he appears here, the earth below you falls. With the extra weight, any of the earth holding you is completely falling. What would the two of you like to do? So we're just falling into seemingly like, just like- Yeah, right now you don't know. It's just fog around you. You can't see what you're falling into. Just in this, in this moment, your instincts tell you to do what? Uh, I'm just gonna reach towards Paul because if he can teleport, then I am trusting that something can happen. And I, I, I am also, can I do, can I also like, can I reach towards him? And also, I also have a Bowie knife. Can I grab that and like, sure. just have it out? Absolutely. Paul? Yeah, we're probably gonna need that Bowie knife because yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. teleporting up as far as I can. Okay, can you bring, Finley's can you, hand. Can you bring someone with you? I don't know. It's been a long time since I've had friends. Which is sad, but true. Sad, but true. Well, now you have them. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Now I'm trying to save their lives. Yeah. <laughs> and I might die. I don't know. From this we'll see. All right. What was that? Earthquake. What was that face? <laughs> My face? Yes, your face. <laughs> I don't know if I that's a good face or a bad face. What would you like it to be? Uh, a good one. Okay. So, Paul, yes. I have a very, very important question for you. Oh, boy. You can choose to teleport yourself or Finley. Oh, yikes. Well, we're teleporting Finley. No, don't. Make a spell casting yep. roll. Alright. Okay, he can he can do it again afterwards. Maybe. I hope. I hope. Seven. Okay. I'm glad I'm so, gonna be ten. Paul. 
You reach into your pocket, you pull out one card, an ace, and you flip it in your hand and you toss it. You slam it down basically into Finley's chest. Uh, as the card is slammed into Finley's chest, you watch Finley disappear and you feel yourself free falling down, down. And now we're going to flash back. Oh, yay. Oh, boy. The town you were in before you settled into Hangman's Grove was a lot bigger. A city, rather. Memphis and the Hangman's Grove are two very, very different places. And sometimes you wonder why you chose Hangman's Grove after living in such a place. Maybe it was because Hangman's Grove is quieter. Maybe there was less outside traffic. Or maybe it was because there were less people to hurt. Our scene opens on Main Street, the busiest street in Memphis due to the railroad stop at the end of it. Visitors from all over come to see the town and to find a comfortable place to sleep for the evening before setting off to their more preferred locations. You've seen all sorts of people come from those trains before, from all over, but one figure catches your eye more than the rest this time. A tall, thin man with a top hat. Walking with a cane that seems to be entirely for show. Black slacks, a, a dirty and yellowed white shirt with a black coat over it, and an untied black tie around his neck. You freeze up for a moment. Shock spiraling up and down your spine, your stomach twisted with a sick, terrible feeling. What did Paul do in that moment? Just trying to shake it off and go about my business. All right. Yeah, Paul, you shake your head and you turn and head in the other direction. You go to finish what you were doing before and every, they're not quite alleyways between the buildings, but we'll call them alleyways for the purpose. Every alleyway, alleyway you're passing by, out of the corner of your eye, you see him standing, watching. He's on the other side of the alley. And the next time you go over, he's a little closer. The next alleyway is a little closer. Do you continue? Well, obviously he's following me, so I might as well see what he wants. He's probably just another out of town or looking for, trying to find his way around. All right, so you take the few steps to see the next alleyway, expecting to see him standing right in front of you, and he's not there. Anything remotely, I don't see him at all. Anywhere around me, turn around, anything? Yeah, you, you turn around, you're looking around, and, and then you see, you turn, you look, you turn back to where you came from. It doesn't seem to be there, so you turn to carry on, and he's standing directly in front of you. And you see him just looking straight down. You bump into his chest. 
and then look up at him and he's looking down at you and you see these yellowed teeth as he just grins and the grin stretches just a little bit too far and his black eyes, soulless, are just staring down at you and there's this familiarity as the cards burn in your pocket and he takes out a deck of cards from his own pocket and he fans them and he pulls one and he turns around and he shows the Joker card with your face. And there's a moment where you're staring at that card and then when you blink, he's gone. You hear something fall onto the floor in front of you, the ground. You look down and you see a card face down. Well, I'm gonna pick up the card. You reach down, you pick up the card. As you face it towards you to look at it, you see the thin man's face stretched into a smile and then you hear a bang. You hear the sound of a gun. You feel a, a jolt. For a moment, you wonder if you've been shot. When you look down at this card, and you look up at someone looking at you from down the sidewalk. They're looking at you with shock in their eyes. A hand moved up to a bloodied chest from a bullet wound. And you look down and the card in your hand is a gun. You hear the screams of people all around you. And then you ran. You stumbled upon Hangman's Grove by accident, really. You had no idea it was even there. And the people greeted you with a charm that you weren't quite used to yet. You were quiet, you didn't share too much about your views or your past. And still, they welcomed you into their town, eager to sell you a home to stay in, eager to hire you for various labors. Hangman's Grove was the closest thing to a home that you think you'll ever have. And as this thought crosses your mind, and as this scene is unfolding before you, you can't help but think of Finley and view. Everyone around you seems to get hurt. And now these people, your friends, your traveling companions, you're angry for a moment because you knew better. And now it's time for what always happens. Somebody is gonna get hurt. I need you to roll a d4 for me. This time it's not gonna be anybody but me. Four. Is that a good thing? As you're falling, you're not sure if your teleport spell worked. 
you know Finley disappeared, but you don't know where you were sending them. And as you fall, you turn your attention below you to try to see if you can catch yourself on something, try to break your fall somehow. And as you're falling, your stomach drops as you see what you're falling into. And you see just sharp pieces of earth up, just slamming up out of the ground. Looking down, you you brace yourself, you push, you, you try to roll and push, you, you feel yourself hit one of them, bounce off, hit another one, bounce off. You're, you're basically slamming into various ones, the breath knocked out of you, and then finally you land on something solid. Uh, you feel something crack. Roll 2d6 for me. Four and a one. All right, as you slam down, you feel your ankle snap. Mm. Um, But not quite your bone, you feel a tendon or a muscle or something in your ankle pull too hard and just tear. Um, Your agility die decreases by one. All right. Permanently. And you have one wound. A wound means you will be at a negative one penalty for your rolls. Alright. Alright. View. As as the cart, you're you're trying to push the cart forward the best that you can, you feel or you see more than feel. You look over it and you see the rope um no longer holding anything. It's just dangling on the cart, holding nothing. Like it's dangling behind. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I put my whistle in my mouth and I blow as I just travel forwards, hoping that if they maybe just got cut, they can follow the sound. Maybe the sound will help direct them, but as far as I know, I don't know anybody else is there, so I'm just gonna keep doing that and gunning it. Okay. And as you are moving forward, I'm gonna have you make another writing roll. Um, okay. This one's going to be at a negative two. At negative two? Okay, yes. Good to know. So I rolled a 10 minus two, so eight. Okay. Um, so you are keeping pretty good hold of these reins and. and you, you see how exhausted and strained this horse is. Um, pushing, trying to keep itself steady. We got some screens moving around. There we go. Um, yeah, trying to, to keep yourself steady as you're sliding down. You, you hear some sort of commotion to the left of you. You don't know what happened. You hear a thud. You hear you hear some sort of body slamming into multiple things. You hear the sounds of just breath being knocked out of people. You're not sure who. Um, and as you're continuing down this, you see you are approaching a complete drop-off. Uh, uh, 
Uh, is is there land on the other side of the drop-off? It's too foggy, you can't tell. I already have the speed. I just have to go. Alright, so you are you are now turning to more face the slope and go as quickly as you can to hopefully catch land on the other side. I might I might aim further up just so that way okay. in case in case there's if I'm slightly lower that I might be able to equal out, but... Okay, so um, doing so, uh, you s- slam on the reins to get as much speed as you possibly can. You hear the horse huffing, old boy is just tired and exhausted, muscles straining, pulling this cart at these weird angles, um, pushes forward, and then you feel one last lurch as old boy jumps. You hear the cart lift up. And now we're going to flash back. Oh no! Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't exist. See, I made it. I made it. It's all right. View, get that damned horse out of my bar. I've told you a thousand times. Look, I'm sorry, but wherever I go, Adam's just always right behind me. There's nothing I can do about that. What do you, you want me to do? Leave him in a in a stable with all the other sad, depressing ones? Uh, the saloon owner's name is Rick and um, he looks more annoyed than angry and he just sighs and gives up and says what'll it be um well a good coffee for me please with the number of sugar cubes and uh, if you have any honey that'd be great as well but um, yeah I'm just gonna need some coffee today it's gonna be it's gonna be a long one. He nods and steps off to go start getting your drink ready. Um, and then you hear from the other side of Adam, what a fine horse. Oh, and thank you. You recognize Mr. Mayfield sitting down to grab a drink for himself. He got a name? His name's Adam. He's been my trusted friend here for a number of years. Since I was a kid, really. Even younger than that. So, he's a bit on the older side, but he's still, he's still got his own pace and his own strengths. He, have, I met, have I met Mayfield by this you have. point? Yeah, you, you've met before, but never really had much of a conversation. How are your horses doing? Uh, they're all doing pretty good. Keep them on a pretty regular athletic schedule, if you know what I'm... Yeah, I get you. Doing work and all that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's important to name them, and they know their names. Or it's not like people think, like they're dumb animals and such. They're not as smart as some humans, but they're sure as hell smarter than others, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that is for certain. He... He then uh, holds his glass up as your coffee is being delivered along with your uh, entire, like, cup or bowl of sugar cubes. Um, yes, please. And a, and a little pitcher of honey. 
Uh, so he holds his cup up to clink yours as yours is delivered. I put two cubes in the coffee, and then I hand Adam two cubes, and I clink my glass to his. Good mornings. He takes a drink, and he says, Maybe you'll come up to the farm sometime and meet my horses. I'd love to. Bring Adam and have some socialized before the fair. Yeah, I uh, like to think of them like I think of an arsenal, you know? A little bit of everything. Different tricks up their sleeves. Strong, fast, wise, whatever the trick may be. What's Adam's story? Fastest horse in the West? uh, Highest jumper? I would say the most loyal. It's a good trait to have. Yes. When I was young, my family runs a saloon and have some farmland to go associate with it, but uh, Adam and I have always been kind of just tethered by the hip. It was my first horse that I rode, and he'll be the damn last if I have to. But, um, you know, it's always a little different than most, so Adam's always been the one that I speak to for everything. He, uh, he nods, and he, he actually finishes his drink stands up and reaches over to kind of put a hand on your shoulder and he says, well, son, a good horse is harder to find in this world than most people think. Don't waste it. And he nods and then he pats Adam just on basically like the back. Um, And then he leaves, walks out. You hear the uh, saloon doors kind of clink against each other. And the scene now moves to a time more recent. You sit in your hospital bed, and the doctor had just finished re-bandaging the side of your face. You won't hear the same again, so keep that in mind. Your entire left side will be at a severe disadvantage, and you'll have to adjust to only hearing from your right. You may be a little off balance at first, I'm not sure, uh, how much the swelling will go down. I, maybe a little bit further, but other than that, and, and your arm, you're just damn lucky to be alive. Not many people are lucky enough to have a damn headshot wound and a pulse. Just remember that. I'm not going to take it for granted. Believe me that. The doctor sets down his equipment and then pulls up a chair to sit beside your bed with this just grim look on his face. And Look. How's Adam, though? His grim look kind of... There's kind of a nervousness added to that. And he says, View, I know you're worried about Adam, but he... He ain't getting any better. His wound is healed, but the leg is is too far gone, and, and he won't walk on it again. I know it's hard enough getting shipments way out here, and the, the town doesn't feel comfortable sharing supplies for... a Useless horse. Their terms, not mine. But you gotta see, they, they ain't exactly wrong. The horse can't walk in, in view. He's he's suffering. It's, it's time to do what needs to be done, and I told them we would give you the option to do it. Well, I'm glad that you've given me this option, but I'm going to respectively decline. And at that, uh, you hear, you may be able to save him, coming from the doorway. It's a man you've never seen before. 
jet black mustache and a face kind of hidden by his dark hat. He has clean cowboy's clothes with like a traveler's belt and uh, leathers. And Without even looking over at you, he says, there's a doctor in St. Louis. He specializes in, uh, what do you call him? Prosthetics. Could make your horse a whole new leg if you're interested. I stand up out of the bed. As you try to do so, the uh, doc doesn't like push you down, but he does kind of grab onto your arm. You stand up and your entire world shakes. You can't quite move, but the doctor is helping you stand. In, in where? I'm sorry. I need to. I need to jot this down. Where um, can I help my horse? Yeah, the um, the doctor kind of sits you down, and you see him grab his own pen and and um, ink and a paper. I mean, and uh, he starts writing it down for you. He's, he's don't worry, I'll I'll take this down for you. And the man repeats, uh, Doctor Fishbach or something to that, something like that. Um, in St. Louis, doctor, experimenter, inventor, ghost rock enthusiast. That's all I know. That's all and I need. I know that I, I know where I'm going, how I'm going to get there, and exactly where who I'm going to find. I'm going to do anything to help my horse. I'll um, make a damn deal with the devil if that's what it takes, but I'm going to get there. He nods, tips his hat, still doesn't look over, leans up off the doorway and walks away. And the doctor, having written all of this down for you, just looks very concerned and he looks at you and says, I know I can't stop you from from going, so allow me to give you some advice before you do. Anything. The one that patched me up, after all. The wilds are a dangerous place, View. I know you've always wanted to take Adam and explore them, and I know this isn't the way you were wanting to do that, but let me warn you. Nothing about the wilds will be easy. The hot, the cold, the monsters, the spirits, the ghost rock, the weather itself, all of it will come for you, and it will not stop until it has you. Thanks for the advice. Just means that I gotta be even more hasteful. He stands up and puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, I'll pack you a bag, some medicines, some bandages, some gear. Just be careful. All right. Thank you for doing what you can for me and Adam. Once I make it to the other town, I'm gonna find some way to possibly get a shipment out to this city. I'm gonna send good amount your way for exactly what you've done for me. So thank you. Well, it's uh, not just because of that, but I sincerely hope you make it, Bew. I need you to roll a d4 for me. Alright. Before I roll this, I'm gonna snap the reins. I'm gonna call out, Come on, old boy! Come on! Mayweather didn't teach you like this, or Mayfield didn't teach you this now. You gotta do it. I'm gonna snap the reins and I'm gonna... Just a D4? Yes. There's a four. I don't know what that means. But it's a four. 
Finley. You felt. <laughs> Don't look at me like this. Okay. I can't do this. <laughs> you felt Paul's hand slam into your chest. And at that, you felt the strangest feeling you've ever felt in your life. Like, like every bit of you was pulled in on itself. Like you were being crushed. And then suddenly you were whole again in one piece. And you are standing up above where you had fallen in before. Looking down, you see fog, but you can see Paul's form disappearing into the fog below. You hear him just grunting as he's slamming into each and every part of the earth that he's slamming into. Um, and then you see the cart sliding, and then uh, you see, you hear the slamming of the reins, you hear view yelling, you see it being you see it drifting off into the fog. And as you stand there, it's silent for a moment, and you just listen. Paul, you have landed. The breath is knocked out of you. You're, you're able to kind of push yourself up and you feel the ground cracking and shifting beneath you. What would you like to do? Well, I want to get my bearings first because that was quite the fall. Um, I can't see anything above me at all. Just fall. Just fall. Alright. And I'm assuming I fell more than my range of teleportation. You don't know? I don't. Well, is, is there like a wall next to me or anything like that? Um, currently anything you don't I can start see one. Currently you're just laying, you're laying on your back. You can try and move around for a wall if you'd like. I'm gonna sit up and just... Just sit there. Alright, you just sit up and you're glancing around. You don't see any walls around you. Um, this is it, then. Alright, go ahead and make a notice roll. With the penalty? Yeah. The negative one, right? Correct. Oh, yes. Five. Okay. Um, view. As you're in midair, there's a moment where your stomach just like you know, when you're like going down a hill too fast, your stomach kind of comes up a little. There's this moment, this just sickening tickle. And then you hear the roaring of old boy as he is slammed into just a piece of ground that had come up, slams into it. The cart itself shifts and tears. Go ahead and make... an athletics check for old boy. That is gonna be a d10. I'm gonna put you at a negative one. 
in total, that is a six. Okay. Um, the cart shifts and creaks, and you, um, after Old Boy has slammed into this, you see um, the, the, the hooves kind of just pushing to try to grasp onto some sort of land. Um, as you are kind of lurched forward, I need you to make an agility roll. not be amazing could be better okay six okay so um as you are lurched forward you are flung from old boy's back you are flung forward you slam into the same piece of earth that he had slammed into, and then you slam down into another piece, down into another. That second slam, you feel something stab into your rib cage, and you fall back down. Go ahead and roll um, 2d6. And total them, please. Okay. That's 10. Okay. As you are slammed into this, you feel something pierce into your rib cage. You slam down again. You're going to take one wound from that pierce into your rib cage. You slam into something else, and then you're expecting to slam into another thing, and ground meets you a little too quickly, and you land directly on your leg. You feel the bone of your shin snap up and out of your leg. With that, you hear the cart slamming, wood splintering. You don't see it, but you hear it slamming into multiple things as well, as the earth continues to come up and spread apart all around you. Paul, you couldn't see this happening, but you heard this happening. You hear the crashing of this cart. You're not sure if Bu is on it, but you hear this cart crashing and tumbling further down. What would you like to do? Hmm. I'm gonna... I'm gonna attempt to stand up. Alright. Um, make a... Uh... Make a stealth roll. Okay. Remember your negative one. Yeah. Oh, both dice exploded. So six, but with the penalty five. Okay. Um, yeah, so you stand up, you feel the earth crumple just a little bit, like on one boot. You do sink down a little bit just on that leg, but you stand, you kind of hold out your arms, you balance yourself. You are seemingly standing on the smallest of platforms and you can see nothing around you. And you wow. feel it crumbling. It, it This structure doesn't have long. Okay. Uh, let's 
Let's teleport as far as we can. Up and forward. Okay. Where I'm facing. So how it works with teleporting somewhere you can't see or don't know um, the condition of is you have a negative two. So you'll have your negative three to this spell casting roll. Okay. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Well, I hope for the best. Uh, seven with the negative three is four. Okay. Um, so the the spell works. You you look oh. up and you feel yourself disappear. Um, just as you hear the ground crumbling beneath you, you disappear. You teleport up, and. As you slam back into existence, you're free falling. I can't, fuck. There is a wall beside you if you would like to make one quick reaction. Yeah, I'm gonna use a quick reaction to um, try to catch myself. Do I still have my Bowie knife in my hand? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna just slam that into the wall and just try to slow myself down to hopefully a stop. All right, um, make a... With, for this specific thing, make a strength roll. Okay. Eight. Okay, roll a d4. Roll a d4. Yeah, just the d4 and tell me what it is. It's a one. Okay. So, um, you are free-falling for a moment, and as you're looking to figure out what the hell you're going to do, you pull out your knife. As you go to slam it into this wall, you are actually slammed into by another chunk of earth just coming out angry, almost as if it's coming for you. It slams into you, slams you aside, um. Roll a d6. Three. All right. So as you slam into it, you feel some. You feel skin just scrape off of the side of your face. Just slams into you. Your entire. The entire side of your shirt you just feel being drenched in blood you're not sure how serious it is um slam into that that's going to be one wound and after you slam into that you um are falling back down to slam into something else and you take that knife and you slam it into the earth and you kind of ride it down until your feet touch a flat surface and you are once again stable finley you are looking down you can't see any of this you heard the cart falling and crashing um what do you do i don't know what to do um i'm gonna uh i'm just gonna kind of uh step towards actually no i'm gonna stay where i am and i'm gonna call for paul okay um Um, just call out his name all right, just shouting for Paul. As you do so, um, you hear like your echo just just ring out, and then 
everything is really quiet for a moment. Because you just hear the rumbling fading. You still feel it. But it's quieter. View. You have landed on this jagged surface. Uh, your arms are scraped up. You feel the shin, your, the bone in your shin sticking up out of your leg. Um, you heard the cart crash. What do you do? Try to go to where I heard the cart crash. How are you doing this? I will crawl if I need to. All right, so you push over to your stomach and you begin army crawling towards the sound of this cart crash. Um, roll a d4. Ew. All right, so as you're crawling, um, a piece of the ground falls below you and you tumble forward. You're not falling very far, but you're falling into a very, very sharp outcropping. Make an agility roll for me. You have um, the wound penalty. I think you only have, I think you have the one wound. Just the one. Mm -hmm. That is eight. Okay. All right, so um, as you fall, um, there's no catching yourself on a sharp object. There is a positioning yourself in order to take less damage. As you're falling straight down, you try to position yourself, you feel uh, this sharp alcove slam into, you just feel like your leg is a little harder to control right now and it slams into that alcove. You roll down um, and you land in dust and it's just like this yellow green dust and you're coughing. And as you sit up, just the searing shooting pain up your leg into your spine. And um, as this pain is just shooting, just pulsing, you look over and you do see uh, the horse trailer wedged up against um, two different outcroppings. What does it look like? Is it, is it like destroyed or is it? Um, wood is splintered in many places. You see the part where it would have connected to Old Boy, but you don't see Old Boy. I take out my survival knife and I keep using that to give me leverage to crawl towards it. All right, pull out your knife, slam it into the ground to just pull you along further and further. Paul. Yeah. What would you like to do? Uh, you are standing, your no feet, seats. your feet have met solid ground and your knife is stabbed into the, uh, the wall. You hear Finley shouting your name from pretty far above you. Oh. I, I'm gonna attempt to climb the wall. 
All I right. Guess. So climbing is an athletics skill. Go ahead and roll that for me. With your negative two, you have two wounds now. Yes. Okay, um, so you are pushing forward. Um, tell me how you are using this knife to help climb up this wall. It's so I'm gonna probably have it on the the side where my ankle that that side where okay. my ankle's messed up as like to use it as leverage with my arm instead of just holding with pure grip strength, just holding onto the knife and then just stabbing it into the wall as I try to move upwards. All right, so as this is happening, um, it, it takes you maybe three or four of these stabs before you hear the ground, I mean, the, the, the earth that you are stabbing into grumbling, almost, almost angry if you had to guess and as you're stabbing into it the grumbling gets closer and closer to you and there's a moment there's a brief very very brief warning where you you're holding onto this wall and you feel it vibrating and you know this it's coming for you 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 don't you don't understand it, you don't know what this is, but it is coming for you. And at that moment, a piece of the earth slams out, basically as like a punch to your chest, just slamming out towards you. Make an athletics roll with your negative two still. Again. Six. Okay, um, as it slams into you, you feel, I mean, it pushes you. It pushes the knife out of the wall and for a moment, it's pushing you enough to where it'll fling you out into nothing. But as it pushes you, you slam the knife down into that little piece that has pushed outward. You are now holding onto this chunk of earth, but you are dangling over possibly nothing. Um, so you're still holding on, you still have the, the knife in the earth holding onto it, but it is now like a platform that goes over before it meets the rest of the wall. Finley, you, um, for a moment, looking down, you see Paul come into view, just barely. You see basically like the top of his head and his arm come up with the dagger, and then you see the earth just push him outward, um, but you don't see how that was resolved. I'm going to start making my way towards where I saw you go. Um, and I'm just going to make my way towards that side very carefully. Like I am, I'm starting to like gather that I should be careful about how my feet are falling. I should be careful about the noise that I'm making. Okay. Um, and so I am going to slowly start making my way to you. Okay. Sounds good. View. You make it up to the horse cart. Is Adam in it? Um, looking in, you see, uh, you see Adam laying in the cart. 
it's still foggy down here, right? I fell a great distance. Yeah, it's 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 pretty foggy. It's dusty too. There's a lot of green and yellow dust just kicked up. There's uh you said there was what was it, ghost rocks around? Uh I guess I'll just take one in my hand if possible. And I'm gonna get into the cart and sit next to Adam. Okay, so as you're climbing over, you see a little piece of ghost rock just jutting out of one of these pieces of earth. You take the knife and kind of pluck it out. It's just this, it's just this glowing ore, kind of. You've never seen it before. You've heard of it, and you're just kind of holding it in your hands. It's warm. It's warm to the touch. And with that, you you climb into the cart, pulling your leg in. And, um, what would you like to do once you're in there? Uh, just gonna sit next to Adam, pull out some, from my bag, my side satchel here, just a couple of, uh, trail mix rations to feed some to Adam. Eat a couple almonds myself. Big fan of almonds. Um, You know, I think we could use some light. I'll just, uh, I'm I'm assuming there's like a small, well, I don't know if it's there anymore, but is there still like a small little sconce or uh, open area so that way I can set a torch for light during nighttime. Yeah, we'll say you uh you pulled out a torch and you lit it and you kind of moved and realized that the cart is not quite in its upright position. So there's a moment where you have to figure out how the cart is exactly laying. It's on its side. So you just kind of put your arm out of the cart and stick the torch in above you. So the the torch is placed, lit, and above you. Alright. I'm gonna curl out my bedroll, whatever blankets were in it, cover up Adam, and I will lay up beside him. Alright. I will ask, your leg is bleeding a lot. Still have some of those uh, medicine and bandages and stuff that the doctor gave me. So I'll, while I'm sitting here, I'll just patch myself up. Okay, go ahead and make. I can't remember if it's called medicine or healing. Go ahead and make I that roll. I don't, I don't have either of those. Okay, so, so it'll be a it'll be a d4 minus two minus one for your wound. I still roll the d6 though, yeah. right? So how does that work with the d6? Do I still cut the d6 in half? It's it's still going to be a minus 2. 
Oh, I see. So it's a D4 minus two. So in total, it's a D6 minus three. Because of hmm. my wound. Correct. Yes. Okay. With the wound. Let's see. Oh, the D4 exploded. So that's something. Uh. Oh my god, math. It'll be a minus, minus three. It's three minus three total. total. Yeah. Seven minus three, four. Okay. Um, you, it hurts, and you don't know, uh, quite what to do with the bone that's sticking out of your leg, but you are able to at least wrap it enough to where it's not dripping blood. It's still. it's still a dangerous situation, and if it's not seen too properly, you might not have very long left. Paul. You are dangling from this chunk of earth that slammed you off of this wall. Yeah, we're having a rough time. What would you like to do? I'm going to try to climb on top of it. All right. Make a make a climbing roll. It's athletics with your negative two. Yay. I love negative two. Two. All right. So um, as you go to grab on to the top of, of this chunk of land, um, you grab on and you pull the knife out to get a better grip. And as soon as you pull the knife out, that chunk just crumbles into nothing. And you are falling. Again. R- roll a d4. Oh boy. Four. I don't want to die. R- roll 2d6. 2d6. And tell me the total. Three is the total. Okay, so you take a third wound. Oh, fuck. You fall and you your back slams into something. You feel something in your spine crack. As your back slams into it, you're rolled off. You tumble down, you slam into something else. You feel multiple fingers break and smash beneath you. You're pushed off of that and you fall again. And you're falling. And as you're falling, you're turning to look down and to face what you are falling into. I need you to make an agility roll with a negative three. All right. Come on, I did put more points into this. For nothing. That's cocked. What the hell is seven minus three? I just said that it was four. (laughs) So as you turn to look down, you see what you're coming up to. Just one giant sharp piece of rock, ghost rock. It's, it's, It's glowing yellow and green. And as you're falling down to it, with a successful agility roll, how would you like to handle this fall? 
not as gracefully as I should. Okay. Is I'm there fucked up? The odds of you not hitting this are very slim. So is there just any way you want to position your body to brace for this impact is what I'm asking. Uh I'm gonna turn to the side and just hope hope I hope it doesn't impale me. Okay. In the fetal position, falling through the sky. All right, as you're falling, you turn to the side, you feel the ghost rock slice all the way across your arm into your elbow. Um, You feel tendons tearing. You can no longer use your left arm. That you know for sure. Tendons torn, you slam down onto the ground. I need you to roll another d4. Okay. Left arm, buddies. <laughs> Two. Okay. So you slam down into the ground. The moment you slam, you hear the earth cracking below you, and you know you're about to fall again. And as you, um, which which hand were you holding the knife in? Uh, which leg was messed up? Uh, I think your left. Then the left. Okay. So, as you um, feel the earth cracking beneath you, you go to move the dagger and slam it into the ground, to tr- or the wall, to try to brace yourself, and nothing happens. And you look over, and your arm from your elbow is gone. You don't have a dagger to hold on to, and at that moment, the earth just cracks and gives way beneath you, and you fall. And as you're falling, make an agility roll with a negative seven. What? No, yeah. it's okay. You'll you'll explode three okay. times. It's gonna be fine. Right? You have your negative four for the arm and yeah. negative three for your wounds. Oh my god. I'm rolling a D eight. It'll explode. I, I believe in this D six right here. It needs to explode. The D six landed on a five, but the D eight exploded the first <laughs> time. Right, you might need it a second time. Fourteen? Minus seven. Seven. Yeah, seven. So you rolled an eight and then... A six. Okay. Minus seven. All right. So, as you are falling, you see something beneath you. You're not quite sure what it is and then as you get closer you realize it's fire and you slam almost into the fire you slam into some sort of wood you slam into the horse cart (sighs) wow i fell real far i have climbed up three times okay but View. Oh, oh, shit. As Paul slams into the horse cart, 
he takes a fourth wound, which immediately knocks him unconscious. In your lap, bleeding out, you see half his face seems to be scraped off by some sort of way that he slammed into this rock. Half his face is torn off, he's got blood dripping everywhere, he might have a more serious head wound, and he is unconscious, basically in your lap. What's your move? Oh good, I got ghost rocks in my other hand, and in my fucking broken hand, I've got a dying friend. Great! Love it. Love this place. Um... Yeah, this would be a good enough time for anything. I just wanna... <laughs> Alright. I stopped my bleeding. I'm still broken. Uh, in several places. But I'm yes. gonna... I'm gonna start to tend to his stump at this point And hope that I can staunch that bleeding. But while I'm doing it, I'm gonna look at the ghost rocks that were slightly warm to the touch. Um, I don't know anything. I'm just gonna start speaking aloud. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about what those are, what he does, what this is happening with, why this is happening, what it's doing it to us. But the only thing that I can even remotely think of at a time like this is anything to get myself out of this and Adam and Paul. If I could make a deal with anything, if I could do, speak to anything, see something learn of anything that could help us in this time, I would give up anything as I just help Paul thinking about his black magic. Like, he's got a deck of cards. While I'm helping him, I'm gonna take out his deck of cards. I'm just gonna hold at him, look at some of the cards. I don't know anything about how he does any of this or what he's doing, but I'm just going to hold him in his hand. Like, I don't know if he actually did make a deal with the devil. And you can hear this. But if he dies right now, your deal's done. And I doubt that you, of all people, would want to lose. First, I need you to make your healing roll. Okay. Best of luck, man. This is still minus three. So. Yes. Alright, well, again, the D4 exploded. The other one was a one, so that's good. A little worse. I got a three. Okay. So as you're trying to stop the bleeding, there it's 
he's bleeding in so many places. You're not you're not certain where to focus on, and you're just pleading and you're you're begging to make this deal with the devil. And <laughs> would you like to use a Benny? <laughs> uh, it'd be my last one. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna get any realistically better than that. So, with those penalties? Yeah, there's no way. I would have to get another four, and then another number after it. I, I just gotta stick with what I've got. Okay. I'll give him some horse tranquilizer. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just stabbing him with needles. All right. So, you're not sure where to focus on to stop this bleeding, and you're just pleading. You. You have the deck of cards, you, you, you're sitting here in front of him, and you're pleading for something, and there's a little glisten and glow in the ghost rock that is sitting beside you, and you kind of look at it for a moment, and as you turn to look back at Paul, you see from the door of the cart, you see four long fingers curl over the edge and then a face just peeks in as it's peeking around you see a man with a long thin face long fingers long arms and a top hat tilting over to look into this cart at you we'll come back to that in a moment Paul I need you to make a vigor roll. I'm rolling a d10 for this. Oh, well, you're fine. <laughs> Don't say I that. Don't say that. A bunch of points of vigor. <laughs> 17. Okay. Well, Minus 14. Eight. Yeah. 14. Good lord. Want to send some of that vigor my way? <laughs> All right. So, view. This thin man looks in, doesn't say anything to you, but you see these soulless black eyes staring into yours. And then it, he looks down at Paul. He looks at the deck of cards. And then he looks back to you. And you hear this voice just come out from between his teeth and he says, so you want to make a deal? Yes. Well, I happen to like deals. I've heard. He looks at your leg and he looks at your arm and he looks at the bandage on the side of your head. He looks at Paul's face completely scraped off. I ain't quite the given type. What kind of deal were you hoping for?
I was looking to bring us back to get us out of this hole or at the very least to stop what it is that's trying to kill us you don't have to get us out of here but if you stop what they're doing then that's effectively the same thing he smiles and his mouth twists up and you see him kind of duck out of the cart and look around at the destruction around him and then he sticks his head back into the cart his neck kind of stretching just a little bit And what do I get in return? I happen to have a good enough way with words to tend to get a good great deal of help from people. Silver tongue, some would call it. What if I gave you my voice? You see him squint his eyes, almost impressed. And then he, you hear like a hissing of a laugh and he looks back up and he says, your voice isn't gonna cut it. What would? And he looks down at Paul and he reaches in just these long fingers, long arms, puts his hand on Paul's chest. I can get and he seems to think, he seems to be calculating. Here's my deal. This one, and he pats Paul's chest. This one's soul is already mine. So I'll make you a deal. I'll take another. I take one more soul and the rest, they can walk out of here. This earthquake will stop. The ghost rock will sleep. It only costs your soul or your friend, and he kind of glances up towards the surface where Finley would be standing. So what'll it be? While you're thinking, Paul, I need you to make another bigger roll.
and you'll fix his leg. Whose leg? I look down. Looking at your leg or at Adam's leg? At, 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 well, I was looking at Paul at first. Okay. So as you look down at Paul, you, you see a stillness about him and you see the thin man smile and you see as he removes his palm from Paul's chest there's a string embedded in his hand that is also embedded in Paul's chest and as he pulls it up you see him move his fingers forward and with one long fingernail just cut it and Paul's body falls limp and lifeless. And the thin man is just looking at you like it's just another day. Fine. I'm gonna clutch onto Paul's cards. You can take my soul. He smiles and says, great. And he reaches out and he puts one long fingered hand on your shoulder. And he reaches in with his other hand too. You're not sure how his body is positioned to even be leaning into this cart right now, but he reaches in to grab both of your shoulders and he says, let's get you fixed up. You're coming with me. Finley, everything has fallen completely silent. You haven't heard anything for a solid at least three minutes. There's no rumbling. There's nothing. There's no noise. You don't hear any yelling. Occasionally you're shouting down and you just hear your echoes coming back. And then you hear the clopping of hooves behind you. And you turn and you see Autumn coming up unharmed. And you see As she walks up, the fog around you is beginning to fade. The mist is disappearing. And the horse comes up and kind of still looks frightened, but seems less on edge now that the rumbling of the ground has stopped. What would you like to do? Um, Just gonna pat her nose for a second. Um, so it's just entirely silent. Yes. Can I see, can I look over the edge to see if I can see where the cart has fallen? As the 
not immediately, but as the fog is fading, eventually it fades enough to where you can see all of the, I mean, it's like coming up in, in various spots, like it was just crunched mm-hmm. together. Um, and eventually the fog fades enough to where you can see the cart destroyed down in the distance. Can I see any bodies, any horses? Um, not from here. It's a little too okay. far. Um, with your vision now, you could ride down to that spot if okay. you would like. I would like to. I would like to ride down to that spot. All right. So you um, mount up on Autumn and yes. ride around. It takes you a few minutes. You're still kind of keeping a good distance from the edge and you ride down it it probably it almost takes you an hour to get to the spot and as you come up um you get off of the horse and you you see the horse trailer with no horse attached to it you don't you don't know where old boy is and um just from what you can see inside you see at least one body, a, a horse probably. Um, and you hear you hear the huffing of the horse as well. Okay. Um, I'm going to get off of Autumn um, and I'm going to walk into this cart if I can. All right, you head over, you lean down to look in the cart and immediately you see almost half pulled out of the cart, you see Paul's body just mangled and lifeless and looking in you don't see view um and you see adam kind of turn his head and look over and and he seems to be trying to maneuver himself to get out of the cart um do you help him yeah um just be like easy boy um and i'm gonna get up in there and i'm going to try my best to I don't know if he can stand in here, but I will help, like, either open up a door for him to be able to, like... Okay. Yeah, it is It is super crowded in here. It's very difficult to get him out, but once he's out, uh, he kind of trots over. You see him walking... Fine? Like, fine. just fine? Yeah. And you see him kind of shake... Um, and you're looking over and you see, uh, those storm clouds that had been rolling in, they're, they're pretty close. You're gonna have to take cover soon, and... Okay, Okay. um, I'm going to... I'm going to take Paul's body and put it on Autumn. Okay. And then I'm also going to grab whatever supplies I see around, like anything. I'm just going to start, like, just grabbing as much as I can. Yeah, any of the bags, the extra bags that were shoved into the cart that made it, you just grab those, you tie them to the saddlebags, and you mount Adam? Yeah, I will mount Adam, and I will have Adam follow behind. Okay. I can get her, too. Yeah. Um, And before I leave, I'm just going to look back at the cart and just be like, so sorry. I'm just going to keep going. And as you ride forward, um, Paul's body kind of just rocking on the horse. It's just the same 
footfalls of these two horses just continuing and the storm clouds are rolling in. You hear thunder in the distance and on the horizon, you see some sort of structure. It's a building of some sort. You're not quite sure. You're not quite sure if you even care. It's something to take cover and it's something to get your bearings. Somewhere to spend the night. I'll go there. You start heading in that direction 